Hey, I'm Jess Reed, a wild wellness coach and spirit-led entrepreneur since 2017. This podcast is a place for people who feel stuck, unfulfilled, lonely, ashamed, and exhausted. And I actually want to celebrate that with you. Why? Because these unpleasant feelings are actually really good signs that you're hearing the voice of your intuition. That holy discontent inside of you is not an inner critic voice just to be drowned out, but the inner wisdom that needs to be allowed to lead. We're taught that we're the problem, but the reality is the environment is the problem because we live in an environment and cultural context that teaches us to prioritize productivity over pleasure and to push ourselves like limitless machines. I don't know about you, but I've done the people-pleasing, the approval-seeking, the workaholism, the chasing of the next goal, the delaying just a little longer of my own dreams, making everyone else's dreams come true, using all of my gifts, talents, and time to accomplish someone else's mission instead of my own. I know you have too, and I'm on a mission to change that, to walk out of these cages and these prisons together, because all of this unnatural self-sacrifice for the benefit of these systems is robbing us of our health, our vitality, our joy, and our pleasure. I'm here to help you rewild, to offer a kind of wellness that's not as a thing to strive ahead for, but to come home to. Not to learn or to add or to have, but to unlearn and remove to have again. You are never the problem, you're the solution. Join me as we come home to the wisdom of nature and our intuition to create a life we actually like. Welcome back to the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. I am your host, Jess, and I am so excited that you're here today because this episode has the power to change your whole life. And I know that sounds like, whoa, (laughs) right? But I sincerely believe that not because I am some, you know, just super wise guru or whatever that, that can transform your whole life if you'll let me, right? But because I actually believe that Every episode that you listen to of this podcast, of anything, every podcast episode that I choose to listen to, everything that I engage with on social media, every book that I read, every person that I meet, everything that happens to me each day that I wake up has the power to change our lives because I believe that we live in a really magical universe filled with love and that God loves us so much. And if you don't feel comfortable with the language of God, you know, universe, source, capital L, love, um, love loves us so much that every single day it is pursuing us and inviting us into the magic of stepping into our full potential, becoming who we already are to receive everything that is available to us. And so I'm so excited that you're here for this episode and that I get to be a person for you today. Thank you for letting me be that person for you today that could share some type of insight that honestly, you already know. It's just reminding you of the truth that you already know. That's honestly what I believe about how everything works already anyway, Um, that you already know everything you need to know to step into all of who you are and to make your life exactly what you want it to be. a a life that you actually like. You already know that inside of you, but then your outer reality that you really have created out of your inner world is simply reminding you of something that it seems like you forgot it, right? But you you already knew it. And so probably what I'm going to share with you today, you're going to be like, yes, of course, you know, that makes so much sense. But we've become so conditioned 
around all of these other really logical, rational, yeah, that makes good business sense uh, (laughs) ways of thinking about balance, right? And so today I want to introduce a totally new way to think about balance and what I believe is the most freeing way to balance your life. And I can't believe that it's been three years of me recording this podcast and I actually have never shared about this yet because I share this with my clients all the time because this illustration of balance completely changed my life probably at least 15 years ago. I heard this and I want to give credit to where credit is due um, from a, he was a pastor at the time. I have no idea if that's what he still does in life, but his name is Wayne Cordero and I attended a leadership conference where he was speaking. And I'll just never forget this really powerful metaphor illustration that he shared about balance. And it was completely flipped on my head, you know, like everything that I had ever been taught about balance in the past. So I think this is a really appropriate message to share at this time of the year, because we just passed the autumn equinox this past weekend. And the day and night are perfectly balanced in the equinox and so, or the fall and and the spring. And so exactly, you know, 12 hours of daylight, exactly 12 hours of nighttime and the day was perfectly balanced, right? Also, we just entered Libra season according to astrology and Libra is the sign of balance. Um, You will typically see the, the image of the scales, um, like what we tend to think of as like you know, if you live in the, in America, you would think like the scales of justice, right? We see this like printed on our money and in our legal system and everything. And so essentially it's kind of the, the thing with like the two buckets on either side. And then, you know, and you can kind of like, um, put a certain amount of money on one side and balance it out with a certain amount of money, like a, like a bag of gold, right? <laughs> like on either side. And are they the same or are they not the same? Um, you know, and so you're looking at the scale in this way and thinking of balance as the, the scale being evenly balanced based off of, you know, the exact same weight being on either side of the scale or like thinking about like a seesaw, right? So like two kids, you know, if they weigh the exact same amount, then they would be perfectly balanced, you know, in a straight line, right? Um, so um, that's typically how we think about balance. Like, okay, in order for things to be balanced, everything has to have an equal weight on each side, right? And so I don't know about you, but I've heard like so many different metaphors in my life about balance, right? Um, how to balance your life and essentially to like think about all the different categories of things that are included in your life. Um, one of the most popular that I've heard is the the stove burners metaphor, right? And so essentially like you only have four burners on your stove. And so really you can only keep four things going in your life at any given time. And by the way, there's two, you know, big burners and two little burners in the back. And so like which ones are going to go on the back burner and which ones are going to be, which one's going to be on the biggest burner, right? Like, (laughs) and so um, when I was growing up, I, I would hear a lot of these messages in church. And so we tend to think of, you know, maybe the four categories of my life at that time, as I was taught, was like, okay, my relationship with God, um, my relationship with my family, my relationship with my friends, and my work, right? And so maybe this was, these were my four quadrants, right? And so which one is going to be on the biggest burner? Well, it has to be my relationship with God, right? <laughs> so which one is on the smallest burner? And like, just trying to think through that, it could like drive you absolutely mad. And by the way, where is myself? 
in in that equation. It's not even there, right? And and that actually was perfectly aligned with what I was taught growing up, which is be selfless and God will somehow take care of all of your all of your needs, right? And I'm not not trying to knock on that belief. Um, but for me, like I have come to learn that oh, how do I say this? Like to take care of myself is my relationship with God, actually. Um, but at the time I didn't really see it as that at all. And so, you know, going through the different stages of life, like, okay, maybe now like my relationship with myself is kind of like built into my relationship with God. So my personal me time is like spending my quiet time with God or like investing in my spirituality is like part of my self-care. And so now that bucket is together. Um, but like, okay, now I've got my work and I've got my um, relationship with my family, which now also includes like being married and includes having a daughter. And so like friends, like what is that? For a long time, like I didn't even have a relationship with friends. And so then it was like, okay, my relationship with God and myself, my relationship with TJ, my relationship with Elsie, my daughter and my work, right? Like, and so trying to think of like our life into these quadrants, dividing them all up, like it's not really cut and dry, is it? And yet we really love to do that. We really love to just try to like categorize things and distribute our time evenly. That's the other thing about balance. Like how do you actually balance something? Like what is it that we're weighing? Is it the amount of time that we spend on things? That's typically what I was taught, right? And so, but none of that even made any sense either because I can't spend, you know, eight hours a day (laughs) on my spiritual practice just because I spend eight hours a day on work. So obviously my work then would be more important to me and more valuable to me and weighted more heavily in my life because that's where I'm spending the majority of my hours. I'm spending more time with my work than I even am with my family. And so it can't be time. So what is it? You know, like our, our, our love for the thing, our thoughts and our feelings, like how do we measure feelings? How do we measure desire, you know, expressions of love, like any of these things and none of it just ever really added up or made a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Maybe you feel the same way. Um, I've heard other people say like, don't use the word balance because balance is impossible. Let's use the word harmony instead and kind of like take like a musical aspect to it, right? And so I've just heard so many different variations on it over the years. Um, the, um, The one about the rocks, like the big rocks. So like you have a jar and if you have... Um, like big rocks and then you have kind of like medium-sized stones and then you have a bunch of like pebbles and sand, right? And so this like I would see all the time as kind of like a, we would call it like an object lesson, right? Or like a visual, a visual lesson, a visual lesson that the speaker is using in front of you. And so the speaker, you know, first pours in all of the sand that he has and then, uh, or she, and then pours like the pebbles and then there's no room for the big rocks, right? And so the the jar's already filled up. And so this represents kind of like priorities, right? And so, but first, if you put the big rocks in first, um, then they obviously don't take up the full space. There's a lot of like, you know, empty area in there. And so that leaves more room to kind of fill in with like the lower level priorities of like the pebbles and the sand and everything. And then, oh, what do you know? Everything actually fits into this jar. Like, (laughs) so this is the correct way to balance your life is to simply identify what are your top priorities? What are your medium level priorities? What are your lowest level priorities, right? But that actually doesn't really leave any room for what happens when things change. What happens when a certain season kind of calls upon you where like, okay, right now, motherhood, I would say is not, it's, it's 
hard to explain, but motherhood is not as big of a rock as it was when I was postpartum, right? Not that my daughter is any less important to me, but it's not as demanding on my energy as it was at that time, right? And so it's really kind of difficult to really like make these things cut and dry, right? So here we go. I'm actually going to share with you now. (laughs) You're like, okay, give it to me, Jeff. What is the most freeing way to think about balance? It's a totally new way to think about balance that I had never heard before, but it is actually very mathematically accurate. And so because this was shown to me visually, and because we are here on a podcast episode, I'm going to need you to use your imagination and maybe even to grab a pen if you have one in front of you, because that's the that's what I'm going to tell you to imagine. If you're driving, obviously you won't be able to do this. Keep your hands on the wheel. Um, but if you're just listening um, while you're doing housework or something like that, if you have a pen around, it would be actually be really great for you to grab it and do this as I talk to you about it. So in your imagination, um, imagine yourself holding a pen. And with your, with your right hand, you're holding it like the, the right corner of it, right? The right side of it. And then with your left index finger, I want you to put your left index finger right underneath the pen in the center. Okay. And so if you hold your index finger directly in the center underneath this pen, and then you release it, theoretically, you can balance this pen perfectly. So it's perpendicular, right? So Your finger is vertical, the pen is completely horizontal, making a T-shape, and it is perfectly balanced, right? The pen is in a straight line, a straight horizontal line in front of your line of vision, and the pen is balanced as long as your finger stays directly in the center underneath the pen, okay? So this balance principle is called the fulcrum, right? The principle of the fulcrum. And mathematically, the fulcrum... If it stays in the center, what does this pen look like? This pen does look like a seesaw. Um, Or we could hang a little bag, (laughs) a little mini bag from either end of the pen. And then it would make kind of like that typical thing that we think of, like the Libra scales or the scales of justice, right? And so the, the fulcrum would be where your finger is. And as long as that stays in the center, then we would have to make sure that the weight on either side of the pen stays even in order for the pen to stay in a straight line, to stay in balance, right? So we could, again, we could hang something from either side, kind of like the the scales of justice, um, and it's hanging down low. Or if we were looking at it like a seesaw, we're going to apply pressure from the top, right? So you got like a kid sitting on either end of the seesaw, and your finger stays firmly planted in the center, which is the fulcrum, right? And so again, this is like the traditional way of thinking about balance. We're applying pressure from the top, like a seesaw, or we're hanging, we're applying pressure by hanging something from the bottom, right? And now it's like drawing it on either side. And and it has to be equal pressure on the left side of the pen and the right side of the pen in order for the pen to stay in a straight line, right? So that is just one way of thinking about balance, the most typical way, the most traditional way, probably the way that you've been taught about balance your whole life, right? But mathematically, there's another way to approach balance. And that is actually to move the fulcrum, right? Move your index finger, the one that is holding up the pen underneath. And now um, if you move your index finger all the way to the left, what's going to happen? The the right side of the pen is going to drop. And if you move your index finger all the way to the uh, other side of the pen, then the other, then the flip side of the pen will drop, right? And so how would you actually make it stay in balance if you're going to move the fulcrum. 
what you would need to do is you would need to apply pressure to the top of the pen to match wherever the fulcrum has just moved. So if you actually imagine, like do this, grab it with a pen um, and move the fulcrum finger, which is the bottom index finger of your left hand, all the way to the left side of the pen, the right side will drop. But if you apply equal pressure with your right hand, use your right index finger to apply equal pressure to the top left side of the pen, right? Where basically meeting the same point where your index finger on the bottom is, if you apply equal pressure, then the pen will stay perfectly horizontal. The pen will stay perfectly in balance because you're applying equal pressure from the top and the bottom, okay? And so now we're stepping into the metaphor here of what what do these things represent? The fulcrum represents your heart. And the pressure from the top represents wherever God or love is placing its finger in your life. And so in this illustration that we just used, I had you actually move the fulcrum first, right? But for the purpose of the metaphor, what we want to pay attention to is where is the pressure from the top coming from in your life right now? Where is God placing God's finger in your life? Where is God placing pressure, calling your attention to this specific area of your life in this season right now? And then what might it look like for you to move your heart in the direction of wherever God or love, wherever love is placing its finger in your life? And as long as you always do that, as if you're always asking, showing open-heartedness, curiosity, where is God placing God's finger in my life right now? Where is love placing its finger in my life right now? And as long as I always move my heart in that direction, the whole rest of my life, the whole pen will always remain in balance. And so I think that this is a really beautiful way of not placing things into specific categories of leaving room and trust to know that as long as I'm kind of following my heart, as long as I'm following love, following God, if that, if that language appeals to you, then everything will always stay in balance. And there's, <laughs> there's this expression like, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. And in a way, I do think that that is true. I think that life is really, really long. And that's a good thing. There's enough time in life for you to do everything that it is that you're here to do. Of course there is. Uh, That would be like a really (laughs) sick joke (laughs) if that weren't the case, right? So I sincerely believe that we're created in love, out of love, for love. And that of course, the only loving thing would be for us to be able to experience everything that we're meant to experience in this life. Of course, I believe that that's true but maybe just not all at the same time, right? Timing is everything. So a lot of times what we try to do is we try to be at the pinnacle of our career in the peak shape of, you know, physical shape that we've ever been in our lives and the absolute best partner and mother that we've ever been, right? And we demand that of ourselves. We demand that perfection of ourselves. And I'm not saying that you know you can only be good at one thing, kind of like the burner of the stove. I'm not saying that, and the rest of it, you just have to phone it in. No, not at all. 
Um, but what I am saying is that there will be certain seasons. I know I've experienced this and I really firmly believe this, that there will be certain seasons where love is placing its finger, some pressure on your life to call your heart to move to that area of your life. And it doesn't mean that you show up half-assed to everything else in your life. You still keep showing up, but somehow when you are actually moving your heart towards that direction that love is placing pressure, that that does bring balance to everything else in your life. It kind of um, corrects the energetic imbalance inside of you because when your heart moves to where love is calling you, it actually energizes you even more than what you than, than it would make sense. It's, it doesn't seem to make sense. Here I am, I'm being asked to give more of myself in this area. Yes, true. And you have no idea how much awaits you energetically to receive from this area as well. And so that's how you're going to not be able to phone it in. You're not going to have to show up half-assed to everything else in your life. You're not going to have to actually put it on a lower temperature on the back burner, right? Because you're going to be so filled up also by this thing that is calling you right here, right now for you to move your heart towards this thing. It's going to be so good for you. Like it's not about self-sacrifice, even though it might be of service to others. Usually it is when love is involved, right? But it's also of service to you to do this thing right now. And so there's been times in my life when certainly love was placing its finger most firmly on motherhood for me this past summer. That's definitely what it was for me. And, you know, I spent the whole summer um, having my daughter at home with me. Like I didn't send her to camp. That it was the longest that I've ever spent with my daughter <laughs> in her whole life. Um, even more so than, than when she was on maternity leave with me when she was a baby. Right. And so I just recently experienced that and it was amazing. And somehow, you know, all of my work got done and, you know, everything else just stayed, stayed in balance. Right. I, my health didn't, I didn't suffer any health consequences. Like still, I was able to keep up with everything that I normally keep up with, even though I was spending more time and more energy with my daughter than before. These other things just somehow expanded, like my energy expanded to be able to do all of those things. There's been times in my life when love was placing its finger most firmly on my work, my career. And some of it was when I was in, you know, my traditional you know, nine to five job. Some of it was when, you know, in being an entrepreneur, I've had seasons like that. There's been times in my life where love was placing its finger most firmly on my spiritual transformation. I took two psychedelic retreats this past year and coming back from that, um, it was even really kind of, um, interesting or difficult to like approach life with the same level of energy that I had before. In fact, I was really disillusioned with the concept of time itself, you know, like everything was just starting to be uprooted and, um, you know, I wasn't showing up with as much time, right. To maybe my work, right. Yet, of course, nothing, nothing fell apart, right. Everything got even better, right. Even though I wasn't giving the same amount of weight, to work as I was previously because I was spending so much more time literally journaling notebook after notebook after notebook (laughs) of like trying to process everything that was happening inside of me spiritually, right? And there's been times, you know, when I was newly married or um, when my husband and I were honestly going through a super challenging time and maybe we needed to spend time, you know, going to marriage therapy, which we did. Like there's been times and it's, it's not always all glamorous either, right? Like where love is placing its finger in your life 
could be to resolve something that is actually very painful and it doesn't feel glamorous and it doesn't feel good. And yet that's the thing where love is calling you to attend to, right? And so I can say from experience, and I learned this 15 years ago, I'm so glad that I've carried this with me in my life because it's really helped me to make a lot of sense out of the different seasons of what balance looks like in that season and to give yourself freedom and permission. That's why I say this is the most freeing way to balance your life because it doesn't look like you still have to do every single thing with the exact same amount of time that you were doing it before and like the exact same amount of energy that you were putting into it before. Um, or it's just all gonna fall apart. Like you're, or you don't really care about this part of your life anymore or you're a bad mom now or you're a bad wife now or you're a bad, you're a bad you know, worker now or just whatever. Like we put so much pressure on ourselves right? But the question is, where is love placing pressure in my life? Because the kind of pressure that comes from love is the good kind of pressure, the transformational kind of pressure, right? Um, I could do a whole nother episode on, on pressure, right? But we tend to think of it as a bad thing, right? But, but think about pressure with nature as our example, right? Like, the pressure that maybe um, inside of a volcano or the pressure from storms, um, from, you know, a temperature, a cold temperature and a warm temperature coming together and the pressure system that it creates, right? It's our whole weather is dependent upon it. The tides of the ocean, you know, are dependent upon it. The pressure that comes from inside of your womb when it's time to give birth to your baby, like that kind of pressure. There's so many different, really beautiful, necessary kinds of pressure that exist completely, you know, in nature and the examples all around us to accomplish the purposes that nature has, right? And so pressure is not necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of like how stress is not necessarily a bad thing in an acute sense, right? We are built for acute stress, like temporary short burst, you know, of stress. We are built to respond to it in this way. Um, It's the kind of chronic stress um, that becomes distress, like bad stress, we are not built for this kind of a thing. And yet that is what we are are all experiencing. And that's why we have such a negative connotation with the word pressure is because we're constantly experiencing this like low level pressure from like probably every point on the pen, right? And is that real or is that what we've been conditioned to believe? I think it's what we've been conditioned to believe, right? Um, And the real kind of pressure that exists is where love is placing its pressure, where love is placing its finger in your life. And so how do you know, it's probably the next great big question, right? How do you know where love is placing its finger in your life so that you can move your heart towards it? And and to move your heart towards it does look like moving your time, your finances, um, your your giftings, your skill, your effort, um, all of that, moving all of that more in the direction of where love is placing its finger. So how do you know where love is placing its finger in your life? And I will say for me personally, and I do believe this is the case for many of us, maybe most of us, that it does come in the form of contrast or challenge. Like even though the pressure is good, right? And and it is loving pressure, Um, it can come to us in a way that feels difficult, right? Like it feels disruptive in your life. And we don't like disruptions, do we? And yet that's what gets our attention. And so a lot of times 
if there is an issue that needs to be resolved, if there is something where love is placing its finger in my marriage, right? In my relationship with my husband, uh, he is such a mirror for me of even inner things in my heart. And I believe that this is what all relationships are for. They're meant to be a mirror for us um, to show us where we need to grow, right? And it does not always feel freaking comfortable or happy clappy or thank you so much or whatever when I feel pressure from love um, getting my attention and expressing itself through a conflict in my relationship with my husband. No, not at all. Not at freaking all. Until I actually move my heart towards it, which looks like stop being so defensive, right? <laughs> stop, stop being black and white, Stop, um, you know, making yourself the hero and the other person the villain, right? Um, but it actually looks like me showing curiosity instead of judgment and asking myself, okay, if I really believe that I am the creator of, of my outer world, like my inner world has created my outer world, which I do. My consciousness has created my reality. My words create my reality. Love, the force of love coming through me in the form of my consciousness is creating my outer world reality, then how do I believe that this is loving for me? Why did I make this for me? Or why did God make this for me, right? Like it's not happening to me, it's happening for me. So when I approach it from that question of like, okay, obviously this is for me, this is happening for my good. And so when I approach it from that level of belief, which that's the belief that I've chosen because that's what serves me the most, that I, all of your beliefs are optional. So choose, choose the one that creates the kind of life that you want for yourself. Right. And so I do believe I do, I do want to believe. And so therefore I do believe that everything is happening for me. Right. And so when I have a conflict with my spouse, for example, I have to get to the point where I show that curiosity. Sometimes it takes me a minute, but I get to the point where I'm showing that curiosity. I'm like, okay, why did I create this for me? What part of whatever it is that he's saying that I don't like, do I actually agree with? right? And usually there is something to it. And that's why I'm getting so freaking defensive. Like maybe he's saying like, you know, you spend more time on your work or you seem to get more excited about this or with your friends or whatever than, than with me. And I'm like, that's not true. You know, like that's my initial first reaction. But then for me to show curiosity and to be like, oh yeah. And this was a huge uh, realization for me this past summer. It's like, yeah, okay. My family life, my home life, when I was growing up, was the opposite of where hope existed. It was actually really chaotic for me and it was really scary for me and it was like something that I just had to survive. And all of hope and potential and possibilities existed outside of my home and so I couldn't wait. And I was always focusing my attention on what my life was gonna be like when I could get the hell out of there. (laughs) And it did get great, right? But I was like, oh, this is so interesting. I think I'm still carrying some of this patterning inside of me where when I'm at home, I'm kind of just like in survival mode. And when I'm thinking about my life being expansive and full of possibility and hope, I'm thinking about like my personal dreams and goals, right? And so TJ was a mirror for me in that way. Love was placing its finger there in my life through contrast, through conflict, right? Now, that's not the way that it always happens, but I think that this is often how love does get our attention, right? Maybe you are experiencing a challenge in your health, an actual health crisis. This is where love is placing its finger in your life. What would it look like for you to move your heart into that direction, right? Sometimes it is with your career 
And maybe the contrast is coming from there's some type of a conflict at work. Maybe this this work is no longer aligned for you. Maybe it is aligned for you, but you just need to move your heart more towards it, right? Maybe you've been afraid to for a certain reason, right? Um, and so what would it look like to move your heart towards wherever love is placing its finger? And there are times also when the contrast doesn't mean um, that you need to change your heart or, or change your point of view, but it actually drills deeper into like, no, I sharply disagree with this. And it is clarifying to your values. And that is still moving your heart towards the direction where love is placing its finger. Love is placing its finger here to give you like a sharp enough contrast that you're like, no, that's it. I can't do this anymore. Like, no, I completely disagree with this. This goes against my values. This goes against everything that I you know, want for myself. It doesn't mean like it has to necessarily be unethical, although certainly your values and your ethics could overlap, but they're not the same thing. Ethics is what you believe to be morally right and wrong. Your values is the are the things that you care the most about in your life, right? And so sometimes contrast will be coming to you, maybe through the form of a conflict or experiencing burnout in your health or whatever it might be. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean um, moving your heart towards your health might not necessarily be, um, you know, you just need to take better care of your health and take your supplements and, you know, uh, get outdoors and get your protein and all the things that, of course, I believe in those things. But sometimes we will hyper-focus on that as being the solution instead of, well, what are the things that are are detrimental to my health right now? And what would it mean if I actually got rid of that? What would it mean if I actually got rid of this source of chronic stress? What would it mean if I actually removed the cognitive dissonance from my life of living out of alignment with my values. This is what I dreamed of doing with my life and this is not freaking it. What would it look like to to make changes in that? Of course, all of this at a pace that your nervous system can deal with, right? Um, So I'm not just talking about, you know, just like quit your job tomorrow, right? Like I know people have responsibilities and we all are carrying... Um, a certain level of nervous system health. And some of us are carrying past trauma. I think most of us are carrying past trauma. And so certainly it looks like doing this at a pace that is honoring to yourself, right? Um, It doesn't have to be moving your heart towards this thing doesn't mean necessarily that you need to take this big, massive action immediately. Sometimes I think it does, but it means just, okay, I'm, my heart is here now. And what does it look like for my heart to manifest outwardly into my actions to bring my outer my outer world into alignment with my inner world now my heart my heart is aligned now what does it look like to align my outer world now and so i think that you can move your heart instantly yes but to get the rest of the the outer things into alignment it's okay for it to take time as long as you know that you are truly moving at a pace that is honoring to yourself you're not avoiding it you're not, you know, running away out of fear, um, digging, digging your heels in, you know, in denial, burying your head in the sand or whatever. Like, you know that you actually are making changes at a pace that is honoring to yourself. Like, I think that there's totally room for that, right? And so, yeah, for me, and I think for a lot of us, um, how do you know where love is placing its finger in your life so that you can move your heart there? I think a lot of times it does come through contrast. It does come through okay, this, this isn't adding up. Um, for some of us, I do believe that, you know, we are a lot more attuned to our intuition and I think we can all continue to get there so that 
however your intuition speaks to you. And, and by the way, I think a really valuable resource for this is human design. Um, it's something that taught me so much about how my intuition speaks to me. Like, I think a lot of times we just hear conventional advice, like, oh, don't pay attention to your emotions, listen to your gut or make a pro con list or, you know, whatever it might be about how to make decisions. Um, in human design, there's actually a lot of, um, room for a variation of different intuition styles. And so I think some of us do hear, and like that still small whisper, right? I think some of us hear, uh, feel it in our body, inside of our gut. Some of us actually do experience that kind of intuition, intuitive hits through our emotions. And, you know, just we're wired in different ways. And so the conventional wisdom might not apply to you or someone else's way of knowing what's right for them might not apply to you. But I do think that it still kind of remains true that love loves you so much that love will get your attention by getting louder and louder and louder in your life through the pressure, through the contrast to, to get your attention and to move your heart towards where love is placing its finger. Um, as we continue to grow and as we um, practice this skill of moving our heart towards where love places its finger so that we can stay in balance, I think that we will hear it when it's more quiet before it gets you know turned all the way up to 10, right? And it's a practice. It's, it takes time. And so certainly I don't, I don't pretend to have it down. Um, you know, my, my intuition and in human design is called a splenic or splenic, you know, authority. And it does, um, those intuitive hits come to me through just like that instant little quiet voice in my head. And I'm still practicing, you know, listening to that. And, you know, again, other people are wired differently. I'd love for you to, you know, check out your human design. Let me know what yours is. And I love helping my clients, you know, walk through this and figure this out together. Um, a really great app is called My Human Design. I love it. It's kind of like uh, purpley, pinky in the, in the icon. Um, that's my favorite one to use. But yeah, to figure out um, how does my intuition speak to me before it gets like so loud, right? Um, it, gets, it gets so pressure filled um, to get my attention. And you can get better and better at moving your heart more quickly um, and experiencing even uh, less contrast in your life. I don't believe that we'll never stop experiencing contrast in our lives. I think it's really beautiful and important that we do. And that's, um, that's how love speaks to you, right? So here we are with this totally new way to think about balancing your life. And I'd love to invite you to consider where is love placing its finger in your life right now? Where is God placing God's finger, the pressure of God's finger? Kind of saying like here, like pointing to this area of your life here. Here, here it is. Here, here's where I want you to move your heart. And I promise that when you do, everything else will stay in balance because it's, it's a uh, simple math, isn't it? <laughs> right. It's just, it's a totally different way to think about balancing your life. Where is love placing its finger? Where is that external pressure coming from? Where are you experiencing that contrast in your life right now? Or maybe even that conflict in your life right now. And what does it look like to move your heart in that direction? What does it look like to move your attention, your energy, your time, your resources in that area of your life? And is it something where the contrast is calling you to explore inside of yourself? Like, oh, I actually do agree with this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree with this. Whatever it is that it's calling of me or whatever it is that it's saying to you, like, is it something that you actually disagree with? And what would it look like 
you know, whatever your outer world is giving to you, maybe it's coming from your boss, maybe it's coming from a partner, a friend, um, some type of like external authority saying you need to do this, right? And if you disagree with it, what would it look like for you to move your heart again, you know, in that direction so that your heart comes more into alignment with love, more into alignment with your values, what you're here to do in this life. And that's where love is actually calling you towards. It's using the example of the contrast saying like, hey, here here it is. I'm going to present you with something that you actually sharply disagree with because that's going to be the thing that lights the fire underneath you <laughs> to move move your heart in the direction of what you truly value just by calling it more into focus for you. Yeah. What would that look like? So I hope that this has been encouraging for you today. I would love for you to share this episode with others and and continue to share this metaphor. Like keep a pen in your pocket with you because you never know, <laughs> or in your purse, you never know who will need to hear this. But I firmly believe that everyone, everyone should hear this different way of thinking about balancing your life because it leaves so much grace and so much room to just respond to love and to know that life is long and that you're even though it might feel like a temporary sacrifice to trust that it's all going to make sense in the rear view mirror, whatever it is that you feel like you have to maybe put on hold or to trust that, you know, okay, I, I do believe that if love is calling me here, then love of course still cares enough about this other thing, right? Um, that it's all still going to come to you because love loves you so much right? That it might feel like a temporary sacrifice, but I promise it's not a sacrifice. It's being of service to others, if that's who needs you right now. Um, And it is being of service to yourself. And you're going to experience so much energy back from the thing that is calling you to give your energy to it. As long as you're always moving your heart in the direction where love is placing its finger. Thank you so much for listening to the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. I am a one-on-one wild wellness coach. And I love helping my clients to come home to the wisdom of nature and their intuition to actually create a life that they truly like. And a lot of times that does look like, you know, this idea of balance, but there's so many other tools and resources that I love to supply you with. I mentioned human design in this episode. Um, But what I love to do with my clients is like as a first step, Um, before approaching any of these like presenting problems or the things that it is that we feel like are just, if we could just fix these things in our outer world is to align your inner world first by having you really experience your inner resourcing. And by this, I mean your inner wild. Like how are you naturally made? Who are you? And what are you here for, right? And when we can get that kind of clarity on ourselves and actually like these things about ourselves. And these resources that I give to you, these are mirrors for you that just remind you of who you already are, right? And I have so many of them that I'd love to share. They're so fun, right? So life-giving. And when we first connect you with your resourcing, then you have that internal belief in your own goodness, in your own worth, in your purpose, in your values. You know what those things are, then it makes actually approaching whatever these outside presenting problems are, you feel so much more equipped and so much more resourced to actually deal with them. And you have so much more clarity on what it is that you're actually doing, you know, so that you don't just feel like you are responding to everything that is, you know, the next urgent thing in your life. There will always be the next urgent thing in your life, but instead responding um, proactively pursuing what is actually important to you in your life no longer under the tyranny of the urgent and actually prioritizing what's important to you. 
So some of the ways that I help my clients to come back into alignment with, with nature is, you know, just practicing paying attention to the rhythms of the sun through your circadian rhythm, the rhythms of the moon through your lunar cycle, your menstrual cycle, um, and the circadian rhythms of like what time of the year it is and what, what does this symbolize? What is nature teaching us at this time of the year? And, you know, definitely aligning your physiology with nature, aligning your nutrition with nature. These things are not to be underestimated. Like we are not just spiritual beings. We are physical beings. And I think our spirituality is completely hampered. Like we lose access, full access to um, what some of us might call like our upper chakras, right? Like our ability to connect with um, God, the divine, our intuition, all of these things can literally be impaired if our physical body is in a state of disease or, you know, not being in, in full health, not if our physical body is not being fully resourced, then we're going to experience impairment in our spiritual life, in our intellect, in our purpose, in our intuition, in our, um, experience, our experience of, um, of experiencing like uh, self-actualization, like doing, doing what it is that we're here to do, right? That, that will be impaired if your physicality is impaired. And the reverse is true. If your spirituality is impaired, I think that your physical health will also be impaired. And so I love to have like this symbiotic relationship between the two. And so coming back into nature, it does look like a lot of those like concrete, you know, really practical things. Um, And then coming back into alignment with your intuition, I think it definitely first starts with an awareness of who you are, how you're wired. A lot of these like self-discovery, self-awareness tools and resources that I love to equip you with, it helps you get back in touch with your intuition. And then you get to actually practice your intuition in your day-to-day life. There's always an opportunity, whether it be like, do I want this or that? Or, you know, um, something just doesn't feel right when you're in the middle of a conversation or when you walk into a place or the bigger things about like, what's the right job opportunity for me? Or where should I live? Or should I have another kid? Or like literally like big life, life-changing decisions that we make with our intuition. Um, but first we have to actually develop a relationship with our intuition. So, and these are the things that when we come back into alignment with nature and with our intuition, these are the things that allow us then to actually create a life that we actually like, a life where we are in the driver's seat of our lives instead of in the passenger seat of, you know, someone else's mission and vision and, you know, big idea, right? And a lot of us, we just spend our whole lives feeling like we are, you know, just like an accessory to someone else. We're an accessory to our spouse, we're an accessory to our kid. Like, and now we're just like, you know, in their car trying to make all their big dreams come true. Right. Especially as women, we've spent a lot of our lives doing this. We're an accessory to our boss's big vision, right? We're an accessory to our friend or our sister or our mother, our mother-in-law, like whomever. Right. But somebody else, we're just like giving all of our our time, our talents and our energy delaying what we want for ourselves or literally just like suppressing it not even having any freaking idea what we want, right? Because we've been so conditioned to not even think about that, that that's not important. That's not what you're here for. You're here to be the accessory. You're here to be the, um, you know, the best friend in the movie instead of the leading lady in the movie, right? Well, no, no more, because that's what people regret so much at the end of of their lives. That's the top regret of people on their deathbeds is, I wish I lived a life true to myself, not the life that other people expected of me. And so how do we do that? We have to come back into, come back home to ourselves, 
right? Come back into alignment with, with who we really are and what we're meant to do here. What do, what do you want, right? And so this is what I love to help my clients do. If this is something that is calling to you, I would love to speak with you very soon, this week even, you know? Um, so I'm taking on new clients right now and you can head on over to my website, just-read, that's R-E-I-D.com. The link is in the show notes here and just click there. And when you head on over to my website, you can read a little bit more about what I'm about and my offerings. Um, you can read some of my client testimonials. Um, those are like, honestly, my biggest source of wealth. Like I, I treasure, I'm a words of affirmation person anyway, but go read about other people's experience of working with me, right? Um, I'm sure that you're already feeling drawn, right? Like, but if you're like, okay, like, (laughs) who is this girl? Is she new? Like, no, I've been doing this for the past almost seven years and I've helped so many people to be able to transform their lives. And it's a calling for me. Um, this is what I'm here to do is to help other people to go through an awakening, to come home to themselves, to lift the veil on the illusions that, that you're believing about yourself, basically to expose the lies, um, to help you discover those beliefs that you didn't even ask for, but have just been placed on you and they've been running your whole life on autopilot, right? And realizing that those are just stories that can be unsubscribed from and that you can choose a different story, one that is really serving you and one that allows you to live the kind of life that you actually like, to, to prioritize pleasure finally, prioritize pleasure over productivity or being useful to someone else, right? That's what I'm here to do. So again, head on over to my website. You can put in a request for a completely free curiosity call and we'll just jump on Zoom and get to know each other a little bit better and talk about what it would be like to work together. Um, My initial client commitment is eight weeks. And I say, you will transform your life in eight weeks. I, I completely stand by that. (laughs) Um, I've never once have I had a client tell me, you know, anything to the opposite. Um, in fact, all of my clients tell me it was so much more than they expected, um, that they, you know, refer friends to me all the time. And it was more than what they pay worth more to them than what they paid for it. And just a fantastic experience. Most of my clients extend with me. I would love, I would love to be a part of your story. I would be so honored. And I'm already so honored that you've spent the last, you know, almost hour, here with me on the podcast today, listening and learning. So I invite you in to a deeper level of relationship for me to hold a safe space for you to see the best in you when you can't see it in yourself, to be that kind of mirror for you. Um, I mentioned, you know, like all of our relationships are mirrors for us. Like I will be that, that mirror for you and help you to know what you really want and to know who you really are, and to create a life that you really like. That's what I do. And I know I can help you. (laughs) So put in that request and we will talk soon. And I will be back with you all for next week's episode of the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. Have a great week.